This is the Casting Lots podcast, and you're listening to Unschooling Scholars. Good evening, everyone. Uh, today is Wednesday, January 18th, 2023, and this is Unschooling Scholars, Episode 3. So before we get started, I've got Olivia here with me. Hi, Livy. Hello. She's my oldest girl. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, how old you are, and what grade you're in? And, and fourth grade. Okay, so we've been homeschooling now. Um, this is our third year, um, and we're still, you know, fairly new to the, the whole homeschooling. Uh, but, you know, it's been really, really good um, so far. Things have just been, um, just watching my kids grow has just been amazing. And I'm so thankful that God opened my eyes um, and that I was able to pull my kids out of the public school system when I did. Um, and, and every day, you know, every day is different. Every day is just a new adventure. Um, so before we get started, Libby, would you like to open us in a prayer? Would you like to do that? <laughs> or you want mom to do it? Okay. Um, we'll go ahead and say a quick prayer. So if you could, please just bow your heads. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for allowing us to gather here today, Lord. Um Thank you so very much for giving me the opportunity to be able to stay home with my children and to, to teach them and to raise them upright, Lord. I pray that you continue to give me the guidance to just teach my kids all that needs to be taught and to just raise them upright, Lord. Um, and I ask that you just help those who are struggling right now with the thought of possibly homeschooling their, their own children, that they can find the courage and the way, the will to to pull their kids from these indoctrination camps and that they can uh, just have the opportunity, as I do, to, to teach my kids and to raise them upright, Lord. Um, we ask that you just be with us tonight, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So um, one of the things that I've been um, hearing a lot of parents talking about, you know, kids that are in the public schools, um, that a lot of these kids are falling behind since COVID. When COVID happened, um, that's when I decided to to homeschool my kids because, um, as I said in a prior episode, these kids were on these Chromebooks and they were trying to learn, and it just it wasn't working out. You know, they went from um, being in school all day to being at home and then trying to learn on 
on uh, Chromebooks and it just wasn't beneficial for anybody. And so um, there was a lot of studies that were done and it just showed that these kids were falling way behind, that their development levels were just not to the expected levels that they should have been. And I mean, can you blame these kids? You know, they, they were in, um, in their environment and then it just got, you know, pulled out from underneath them and it was a big change for them. You know, it didn't happen gradually. It was just like, oh, here comes COVID. We need to flatten the curve 10 days. And for my kids, I know that it was um, during the Easter break and they're like, oh yeah, you know, they'll just have an extra week and then they'll be able to come back. Well, that never happened. Um, and so one of these studies that was done, it found that the proportion of children in their sample reaching the expected levels in all areas, which were communication and language, physical development, literacy, math, and personal and social and emotional development was at 59% in 2021 compared to 72% uh, for the year in 2019. And they said the difference is equivalent to on average three or more children in every classroom not reaching the expected levels by the end of the school year. And that's pretty big. You know, these kids were all learning and, you know, every kid is different. They all learn at their own pace. And um, it was just really hard on these kids. You know, th their whole world was just torn upside down. And so um, the surveys, they had asked, you know, different schools about the, the children's development. Um, and they said that 76% needed more support than they um, were getting it when the school year had started before the pandemic. And it had fallen to over 56% by the end of the school year. So still 56% of the children, you know, of that 76% still were not learning as they should have. And so um, Professor Becky Francis, she's the CEO of Education Endowment Foundation, EEF, she said that the early years are such a crucial time for children's development, both in terms of their attainment outcomes and their social and emotional well-being. So it's particularly concerning that fewer children reach the expected levels of development by the end of the reception class. And let's be honest, you know, they're already talking about there's another crisis on hand and um, more than likely they're going to try to lock everybody down Now, whether or not people comply this time, who knows, but let's just say that everybody does. Now you've already got these kids who have fallen behind and they're going to be even more behind because they're going to be pulled again. And that's not good for these kids. And you have to think about it. These children are our future. These are going to be the people that are supposed to be running the world, you know, in generations to come. And if they don't have a solid foundation, how do we expect them to be able to run this country, run the world for us? And so, you know, it's really important that, you know, these kids have stability. It's so important, especially in their younger years. Kids, we're all nature, you know, creatures of, of habit. And so when our habits are, break, you know, broken and the things that we're used to, it's just all kind of, and it's not a gradual change. I mean, again, this just happened overnight and, I know with Olivia, you had a really hard time, right? When COVID happened, I remember sitting in, in the dining room, now the classroom, and um, you were just in tears. Why? What was so hard for you? Understand the math. Okay. But like, as far as like when you started homeschooling, why was it hard for you to transition from homeschool or from, from like the public school to home? What was like when you think back to that time? Remember, you were crying. Why were you crying? What upset you? Um, I 
it was not what I was used to. It wasn't what you were used to, right? So it was a big change for you, right? And you told me that you missed what? My friends. Right. You missed your friends. You would see these people every day and now you didn't get to see them anymore. So how was that for you? How did you deal with that? Not very well. <laughs> yeah, you had a hard time, you know, and I know girls and boys are different. And, you know, Olivia, she had some really good friends in school and all that was taken from her. And the the repercussions that we're going to face later on we don't know what it's done to these kids and it's really sad but now that we're kind of you know like i said this is our third year here um homeschooling um we've kind of gotten into our own system you know um and, and it works do you like homeschooling yes yeah what do you like so much about like what's your favorite thing i actually get help instead of somebody telling me to read the question again yeah, so when we were talking about that earlier, Olivia had said that she likes that when she gets stuck on something that she can ask mom or dad to help her. Because what happened? You said when you were in school, you'd raise your hand. And they said, okay, I'll come help you if uh, Johnny or someone has this much and then takes this much. How much does he have? Read the question again and try to understand. So instead of explaining it to you, they would just tell you to reread the question. Right. And that's not helping. You know, how is that helping when you're when the child has a question? Now think about it. You know, these classrooms, um, it's already hard enough trying to find help anywhere, not just in schools. But now you have a teacher who's got 32 kids, we'll say, and they're all like Olivia and they have all got questions because every child learns differently. So maybe you can reach, we'll say, a fourth of that class. And then what about the other three-fourths, even a half, you know, even a quarter? What about the quarter that doesn't understand? You can't just tell the kid, well, you know, you have to just go back and reread the question. That's not teaching them, you know, and there's that, you know, no child left behind. But I feel like a lot of children are being left behind. And it's not fair to these kids. You know, they go to school to learn. And again, everybody learns at their own pace. Everybody learns um, differently. You know, like me, I'm a hands-on. I'm a visual learner. I have to see and touch things to understand how they work. I'm not an auditory learner where I can just listen to somebody explain something to me and just expect to to understand the material that I'm given, you know? And so um, it's just, it's so hard to think of these little people having these questions. And then, you know, they would come home upset because I didn't understand it. I don't know how to do this, you know? And so it's frustrating for them. I remember being younger and um, if I didn't understand something, I would come home and ask my mom or my dad how to do that. But now they're teaching these kids this common core math and the kids are coming home crying because they don't understand it and they're telling the parents now not to help the children because the parents want to teach them the common sense way so um it's just so frustrating you know and so there's this book it's called dumbing us down the hidden curriculum of compulsory schooling by john taylor gatto and there's a forward in here um by a guy named zachary slavik and I'm going to just read a little bit about what he says. And this this explains a lot of like what's going on right now. So um, this guy is very smart, educated. Um, so he said, I thought getting to college would allow me to pursue my passions and dreams and finally break free of the chains that mandatory schooling put on me. I thought schooling and education didn't have to be mutually exclusive. I thought K through 12 was merely a broken version of something better. I was wrong. 
At college, I found a continuation of the same push towards standardization and measuring human drives, skills, desires, dreams, and futures. I saw high-caliber classmates get caught in fierce competition for conventional careers, working at companies for which they cared very little. People who were capable of changing the world wasted their intelligence and drive on things like impressing recruiters from Goldman Sachs or Facebook. Instead of blowing their time on arbitrary exams, they blew their time on arbitrary accolades from others. I first came across John Taylor Gatto's work when I realized that my love of learning and my dislike of school were related. It started with the video on YouTube of Gatto explaining the purpose of school and ended with my devouring all of his books. For the first time in my life, I felt like somebody had seen what I had seen and was assuring me that I wasn't crazy to want something better than school. For the first time in my life, I found something or somebody who took schooling to its logical conclusion. Here was somebody who had seen what I had seen and couldn't bring himself to keep perpetuating the system. Rather than sit around and wait year after year as the system kept crushing students and stealing their dreams, he actually did something about it. What an inspiration. I couldn't keep participating in a system that was not only grinding me down into a cog for somebody else, but was also taking some of the best and hardest working young people I knew and dumping them down. Being a great student ended up holding me back. The years and energy I spent trying to get into a good college and continue the standardization and industrialization I experienced in K-12 through could have been spent developing the passions I had as a child and the skills to live out my dreams. I am one of the fortunate ones. I realize this and now spend my time developing these skills and de-schooling myself. I work every day to unlearn the habits I picked up in school that made me a good student but prevented me from being the best version of myself. For me, this meant leaving school. I found myself more fulfilled, more intellectually engaged, more productive, and happier than when I wasn't playing for a place at the front of the conveyor belt. Gatto wrote Dumbing Us Down 25 years ago before the mass popularization of the internet. Then one could find an excuse to not be educated outside of school. Today it's not only inexcusable, but nearly impossible. Your iPhone contains access to the entire annals of human knowledge for less than the price of a textbook at Harvard. You are six circles removed from any expert on the face of the planet and can contact them instantly with an email. You can create a business in an hour and launch a website in 15 minutes, all for less than the price of an hour of class at Penn. It was never, it's never been easier for somebody to create opportunities for themselves. There's no need to wait for permission from deans or employers. And that's so true. You know, think about it. These children, they're being taught to um, how to think, you know, and, and um, what to think. They're not given the opportunity to, to think freely and to, you know, reach their full potential. You know, Olivia, she loves art, right? Like, what do you like to do with art? Pencil. You like to draw with pencil? Yeah. And I took art in all four years of high school. I've always loved drawing ever since I was little. Um, and even Sophia, the little one, she's four. She loves to draw. And it, just watching these kids transform, you know, like Olivia, I was just talking to her earlier. We were teaching her division and she picked it up almost instantly. And Caden, um, it's harder for him. So being able to homeschool these kids, I can give them the one on one that they need and I can explain it to them. I know the way their brains work. I know how they understand things. And so um being homeschooled, you get to allow these children to to just truly reach their full potential. 
you know, we're not just hurry up, learn this, and then let's move on. No, we are going to keep working at something. We may work on a lesson two days or three days until you understand it. And um, that's another great thing about homeschooling is that it's at your own pace. You know, uh, you set your own schedules and there's just so many benefits to homeschooling. And so I've actually had some people reach out to me recently um, and just, you know, ask me like different questions about homeschooling. And there's so many different questions. How much does it cost? Um, do homeschoolers do better than kids that are in public schools? Uh, is it safer to homeschool? You know, there's just so many questions. And so tonight I just kind of want to touch base on some of those questions to maybe, you know, there's people who are on the fence about homeschooling. Um, they've got questions. How do I, how can I get started? You know, and that was the first uh, episode that I did. I kind of just gave like a, a you know, 101 um, about homeschooling. But tonight I just want to touch more on, on the questions. You know, I know that it's hard. You, you, you feel overwhelmed, especially for me. I had three kids and I'm thinking these are three different grades, three different curriculums. Like it, it can be overwhelming, you know? And so um, the first thing is cost. Everybody always asks, well, how much is it going to cost? It's going to be so expensive and it doesn't have to be. There are so many um, different curriculums that you can find online that are free. Um, and then there are some that could be, you know, a couple hundred dollars. There could be more, you know, more expensive depending on how your child learns. And so that I think is kind of the first thing that I would suggest you do is find out the kind of learning style that your kid has. You know, how, how does your child learn? Uh, like me, like I said, I'm a hands-on, I'm a visual learner. So I, you know, I like their curriculum. They're using a bucket this year because, um, it's got pictures, you know, and it's not just cartoons. Like there's actual, you know, they show you pictures and, um, you know, we'll do experiments or like we're going to be starting seeds soon. You know that and actually Kate and, and Bryson both are learning about seeds and the different parts of plants and things like that. So we can incorporate that into their curriculum. Um, but we're going to spend a couple of days on planting seeds and getting things ready for the garden and, you know, going out there. Um, so, again, a lot of that it doesn't really cost anything. You're, you're just doing things that you normally would do, but you're teaching your children how to do that. So, um, and then books, you know, like I, I've mentioned before, you can go to secondhand stores, you can go to the library. Um, I went this past summer to our library. They had like this every year they do two um, book sales and they were actually giving away a lot of books for homeschooling parents. And, um, so I was able to just get a lot of, you know, different reading books and educational books. And a lot of times, like if you go, they had it all weekend. The second day um, I went and everything was half off. So the books were like maybe 50 cents. So literally I got books half off a quarter, you know, so it doesn't have to be expensive at all. Um, the dollar store, they've got a lot of great books, the Target, the dollar section, um, and again, the curriculum, you can do it online. You can make up your own curriculum. I tried doing that the first time um, when we first started homeschooling. I wanted to um, come up with my own curriculum for each kid, but it was just so hard trying to put these lesson plans together. It's when you're a teacher in school and you're teaching third grade or seventh grade, you're teaching everybody the same material. But when you've got three kids and three to, well, now four, because Sophia's in preschool, Trying to come up with the curriculum um, is hard. You know, I wouldn't 
not suggest doing it, but I'm just going to say it's going to be a lot of time, a lot of lesson planning. Um, I actually wanted to be a teacher once upon a time, um, but with as crazy as the school system is now, I would never. And I've got a lot of friends who were or are teachers, and they just say how everything's changed. Everything they they everything is about testing. It's not about teaching anymore. They, they're just teaching these kids how to do better on the test scores because that means more funding. And which is really sad. So, um, again, you know, cost, it doesn't have to be an issue. It really doesn't. There are so many different ways. You know, we live in a, a one-income household and we're able to make it work. You know, you just, you've got to think about, you know, like I said, go to the local library, go to secondhand stores. Um, and even if you want to go to the library, you can't afford to buy books. You can even, you know, take books out and then bring them back when you're done. There's just so many different options as far as cost-wise. Um, another thing is performance. You know, people worry that their kids aren't going to learn enough or they're not learning the things that they need to learn. Um, but it, it's been proven. You know, so many different articles that I've read in books, they say that um, homeschooled kids consistently outperform um, public school peers on their testing that they do. The most recent report from the U.S. Department of of education stated that homeschoolers are on average one year ahead of their school peers on the elementary school level. And like I was saying, you know, with COVID, the way that COVID just completely dismantled the whole education system, um, these kids are falling behind. My kids are probably ahead of other kids, and I'm not bragging about that by any means, but I'm just saying we're able to consistently work with them. Um, and so it's only going to help them out in the long run. And so, you know, that's just, it says by the time homeschooled students are in the eighth grade, they're four years ahead of their schooled peers. Think about that, you know, and um, when I just graduated from college, I just got my associate degree. And uh, one of the girls that I knew, I was in a, an honor society. She was 17 when she joined college. And I'm thinking, how in the world did she do that? But she was homeschooled. You know, and she was able to get into this college and she scored high enough and she was in, you know, even some honors courses. And I just like looked at her and I'm thinking someday these are going to be my kids. You know, um, it's just it's amazing to watch these children learn. And I think as parents, we question our ability to teach. Are we doing enough? You know, are they learning enough? And truly, yes, they really are. Um, some of the benefits, you know, a child uh, that's homeschooled, they're in a more comfortable, quiet, and safe learning environment. With as crazy as this world is, I have just so much gratitude and, and I thank God truly every day that I'm able to homeschool my kids because I don't have to worry about all of those things that I cannot control outside of our home. I don't have to worry about drag queens coming into their school and reading them storybooks for story hour. I don't, that. To me, there's no reason for that. I was actually reading today. Um, I'm on a local mom's group, and one of the moms, she posted anonymously, and she said her eight-year-old daughter came home from school yesterday and told her that her friend that she goes to school with, they're eight years old, mind you, told her that she had a crush on her. Eight years old. She said that she was gay. First off, how does an eight-year-old even know what that word means? And secondly, how are they going to know that they are unless somebody is putting that into their head? Okay, eight years old. 
Like you should be worrying about playing with Legos and, and you know, what you're going to eat for dinner tonight, not worrying about these kinds of things. And so, you know, talking about being safe, um, my kids aren't subjected to that garbage. They never will be, you know, as long as I'm alive, they're never going to have to see that when they're old enough and they want to learn about that, that's on them. But um, yeah, like Moonwolf said, one of the schools in the area is instilling kitty litter boxes because they feel they're a cat. Like what is happening here? If my child ever asked me if I could get a litter box so they can use the bathroom. No, I'm sorry. No, no. Livia, do you want to poop in a litter box? Mm. <laughs> I mean, this is just so crazy to me. I don't, for the life of me, I cannot even imagine like how people are okay with this parents and they just go along with it. And so this mom that had posted this on Facebook, she was, they had to shut the comments off because so many people were just like, this is crazy. This is absurd, you know, but this is happening in our schools, you know? And so, yes, that's one of the big benefits is you get to keep your kids from that, you know? And I just, again, I thank God every day that my kids don't have to be around that. Um, and another thing is homeschool children have the gift of learning and freedom. You know, um, they can learn what they want. I, I give them the choice. Every day we do grammar um, and then we do math. Right. You don't give us the choice. Well, no, you math. have to do math and you have to do grammar. But do you want to do science today? Do you want to do history today? Right. And then we read. Um, and we actually, we just started something talking about freedom. Um, I have this book here. Can you go grab that Bible book over there, Libby? Um, and so it, it's like a, a children's Bible study book. And um, it just kind of gives the story of, of what happens in the Bible. And um, it, it's just like a short little excerpt from each chapter. And then there's questions at the end. And it also gives the verses of where they can read more about this. Um, we do a wana on Sundays and Pastor Bill was talking about, you know, starting the Bible, read the Bible from front to, to back. And he said, you could do it in a year. You could do it in two years, do it at your own pace. And so I think for little people, something like this is just excellent. It's called uh, the Bible storybook. Um, and there's study questions at the end. So after we read each, each story here, there's questions to answer. And it's just, it's a really, really good book. And it's, you know, it's got, um, they talk about the different parables in the back and where you can find them from, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Um, and it talks about the point. So if you're trying to teach your, your child something, um, like the new life in Christ will find new ways to manifest itself. God's kingdom will make great growth. Rejection of Christ by the Jews. So, you know, if you want to teach something in particular, this is a really great book. It'll just kind of show you like where you can look in the Bible for like a concordance almost, but, you know, for children. And so again, you know, I, there's pictures in here, which, you know, children, they like colors, they like pictures. Um, and so we have that freedom here to teach our children, you know, the Bible and, and to learn um, what I think they should be learning. Um, and then, you know, uh, pursuing the subjects that interest the kids, you know, for as long as they wish. So let's say that we're learning about seeds and the kids are really interested in that. We can spend more time on that. You know, just because you buy a curriculum, it doesn't mean you have to go, you know, in the book from start to finish and be done by the end of the year. No, you don't have to do that. Let's spend more time. If this is your interest, this is what we're saying. If you're developing your children's skills, um, 
spend more time on that subject. You know, um, they might, you know, like Caden, he's my oldest. He said that he wanted to be a police officer. And now that he's doing his different schoolwork and, you know, he's thinking, well, maybe I don't want to do that. Maybe I want to do something else. So let them decide, you know, open up this whole world of opportunities for them so that they can choose who or what they, you know, what, what they want. Um, homework, that's another benefit. You don't have to worry about homework because they're doing their homework at home. That's the whole point of homeschooling. You know, we can, like yesterday I was sitting up with Olivia. She was up later and I had a pen and paper on my bed and I'm like, let's practice your letter A, you know, and you could do it at any time. It doesn't necessarily mean, oh, it's got to be from, you know, eight to two or, you know, whatever. And so um, that's right. It gives them time and room for thinking. That's exactly it. You know, we have this whole house that, you know, they can um, go in their room and read their book or they can sit in the front room or, you know, and another benefit is being together, you know, um, just growing together, you know, your relationships with your children. I get to watch them grow. I know one of the things that my mom always said is that she wished she could have been, you know, a stay-at-home mom because she wanted to be able to raise her kids. and. You know, I used to always want to be a working mom. That's what my mom did. So I wanted to do that. And now I look back and I think like I missed out on a lot of time with my mom because she did work so much, you know, and I'm so again, I thank God every day for this opportunity because I do get to spend all this time here with them, Um, you know, and one of the things is that there's a lot more free time for these kids. They're not spending eight hours a day. So they can spend their free time, you know, honing in on their skills or practicing something maybe they're not good at, you know, it allows them that opportunity. Um, safety, you know, we talked about that. Their School violence is just, I see moms all the time talking about their kids being bullied. And it's so sad. I went to a Catholic school and I was bullied. I was the fat kid, you know. Um, and kids can be really mean. They can be so mean and it will leave an impact on them for the rest of their lives. And, you know, my kids, they fight all the time. They fight like cats and dogs. But, you know, it's like, all right, knock it off, you know, but you can't tell somebody else's kid who's picking on your kid to knock it off. You know, I'm sure if Matt, he, he might <laughs> tell somebody else's kid. But I mean, truly, you can't you can't in the schools, they don't want to do anything about it. You know, they just refuse to to even acknowledge it. And I've seen some of my friends complain about their kids being um, bullied. And it's it's really it's getting worse, you know, because these parents are not teaching their kids right from wrong. You know, they're they're just allowing their kids to spend all their time on, you know, video games. And, and I'll be honest, I played video games for a long time. I haven't played in a while. Um, but that was just like my downtime. But these kids, you know, they spent all this time and I've heard some of these kids, um, their mouths, <laughs> you know, it's like, wait, how old are you? 10? And you're saying these words. And yeah, like not afraid said, you can't tell your kids to defend themselves because they're the ones that get in trouble. I used to have that problem when I went to high school, you know, I was always like, if somebody is going to say something to me, I'm sorry, I'm not going to let somebody beat on me. But why should I get in trouble? And I actually had to go to the office one time because this girl got in my face and we were about to throw down and <laughs> some words were exchanged, but she, you know, came up to me and I, I said, I'm not going to take that. I'm not the one you're going to catch these hands. 
And so uh, we both got called into the principal's office and, you know, I explained the situation. I said I was in the lunch line with my friends and she had a problem with me and she came up to me and, you know, I would have, you know, gotten suspended because I was protecting myself. And that's not right. You know, I always tell my kids, if somebody's going to come at you, then you protect yourselves, but you don't ever go looking for trouble. You don't want to be the one. I'd much rather you protect yourself. And, you know, if you're in school and you get suspended, then so be it. Um, but, you know, and that's the thing. You can't, you know, it's the other kids fault for protecting themselves. So, you know, I mean, it's just, it's a sad world that we live in. So, um, yeah, safety is definitely a big, big issue. And then you've got, you know, the school shootings. We see that all the time. We live right down the street from our school. And I would always think, you know, what would happen if there was a school shooting? I couldn't even, even though I'm so close, they won't let me in. And what about, you know, that, that mom that tried to go into that school shooting to get her kid and they like arrested her because she, you know, it's just, it's, it's really sad. And so that's one thing, you know, homeschooling, you don't have to worry about that. I don't have to worry about a school shooting. You know, that's just, it's just not something we worry about. Um, low cost, you know, yeah, again, it, it can be low cost if you choose to, to you know, do it. You can take shortcuts. You don't have to spend all this money. Um, SAT and ACT requirements. So if a homeschooled student is not attending college, you don't have to worry about SATs or ACT scores. And I never took either one in high school. And um, I don't know, I guess every state is different, I'm assuming. Every college is, is different. Um, but generally speaking, requirements for college admissions are the same for public, private, and homeschool students. So if a student hopes to attend a particular college and that college requires a certain SAT or ACT score, then obviously a student's going to have to take those tests and, and um, you know, provide those scores, but some colleges are not as restrictive and accept transcripts and portfolios. So it's all going to depend really on, you know, the, the college that your kids are going to, if they plan on going to college. And I was telling Kaden earlier, I said, you don't have to go to college. You can go, you know, uh, there's other things you can do if you want to be an engineer or, you know, there's just so many different options out there. You know, I waited till I was older to go to college because I could never afford it. Um, and that's another thing. Colleges are so expensive. Trade schools. Yes. Trade schools. You know, you want to be an electrician, you want to be a pipe fitter. You know, there's so many different options out there. Um, but, um, testing, you know, I know a lot of kids, they have a hard time with tests, tests. So if they have to take an SAT or an ACT, you can work with them on that, you know? Um, and again, they said by eighth grade, you know, kids are four levels ahead than compared to the, the public school kids. So, um, you know, it all depends, you know, you, that's something Caden, he's in seventh grade right now. We'll probably start talking about when he's in like 12th grade. Um, and you know, we'll see what happens, but when the time gets there, then we can figure that out. And there's tutors out there too. You know, um, again, I've never taken the ACT or SAT, so I don't know much about those. I can't really speak a whole lot on that. Um, but recommendation, homeschooling is not for everyone. You know, I didn't think I could do it. I really didn't think I could. But now that we are doing it, I love it. it it's like, you know, I, I read earlier, we have to unlearn what we were taught previously. You know, we have this 
the structure in our heads because we see how public schools are and we have to stick by that structure and you don't it doesn't have to be like that you don't sit there for eight hours a day and you go through every single subject every single day no you do it at your own pace you know um but one thing i will say about uh homeschooling is that you you have to be um you have to sacrifice a lot of your time you know um and i wouldn't have it any other way you know I, like i said i wanted to be a teacher once upon a time um and <laughs> so funny how God works things out. He did make me a teacher. He did. And I'm teaching the most important people in my life. You know, my little people, I get to teach them. So however they, they um, grow up, that's going to be on me. And I've had so many people, just even strangers, tell me how well behaved and well mannered my kids are because that's the way I was brought up. And I see how other kids are and I'm not knocking other parents, you know, you parent how you want, but I'm trying to raise my kids up in a world um, that's not always kind, you know, and so I, I want them to be an example for other people and, and it starts here. And so that's one good thing that, you know, I make sure my kids, please, thank you. And you teach them when they're little and that's something that's going to stick with them forever, you know, or at least you would hope. Um, so what else? What other questions people have? Do I need to be a certified teacher? That was something else. I don't, for Illinois, you don't need any kind of degree or anything like that. You know, most cases, the answer is no. Um, I guess there's like one or two states that re do um, require parents to hold a college degree or teaching certificate, which to me is absolutely absurd. You know, I, I, how that's even a thing is beyond me. But I do know that in Illinois, there have been so many people who have fought for you know freedoms of, of homeschooling we don't have tests that we have to turn in or anything like that and i do now have a degree i didn't but that didn't mean i was stupid so i just don't understand how that's legal but again before you start homeschooling you may want to look into that if you're from illinois and you're listening you don't have to have a degree here um what else um so what do different types of homeschooling families look like you know a lot of people <laughs> When you, and I'll be honest, I was one of those people, when you think about homeschooling families, you know, they're often stereotyped as like hippies or religious fanatics. And that's not the case at all. You know, yes, we believe in God. And yes, we teach our kids the Bible, but I'm not a religious fanatic. I'm a Jesus fanatic. I love my Jesus, but I'm not a religious fanatic. I don't teach them any certain type of religion or rituals or anything like that. Um, but, you know, we've gone to different homeschooling groups. And some of these kids, how about that one time we were at the park with that little boy? He climbed up at the very top of this two-story outdoor jungle gym, and he was at the very top. And I'm just, like, looking at him, and his mom is just shaking her head, like, I don't know what is wrong with this kid. Like, he was like a little monkey just, like, climbing, you know? Oh, and yeah, he'd go from the slide to these, to the, like, the top of the railing on this little bridge. Mm -hmm. And then there was other rails and he'd climb up that, and then he'd just sit on the top of it. Yeah, I was like, how was, you know, so I'm talking to his mom, and she's like, he's been like this since he was little. You know, having that freedom, you know, they're fearless. These kids are, are not taught to fear everything, you know. So, um, yeah, there are, you know, religious families that, that teach their kids. You know, a lot of times they'll send them to private schools or homeschool their kids. But a lot of them are just like us. They just want to be left alone. They want to live their life 
how they want to live their life. You know, a lot of them I know homestead or in the process of learning to homestead, gardening. Um, you know, I, I feel like Scott, you know, he always talks about we have to move back to move forward. And that's kind of really what's happening here. And I'm noticing that with a lot of the homeschooling families. You know, a couple of years ago, I never would have thought that I would be homeschooling my kids or gardening, but it seems that all of this is kind of going hand in hand because you're, you're implementing the lessons and you're able to, um, you know, show them, look at the food that we're having. Look at you. We're growing our own food and, and we learned about the seeds and we know how to take care of these plants because we learned about it. So um, it's just, no, there is no stereotype. I mean, I've seen people from different cultures, different races. Uh, one lady that I met, uh, she's Indian and she's got two boys and she's homeschooling her kids. We probably have different political views and all that other stuff, but there is no like I don't know why homeschoolers are stereotyped. I guess that's just something that the news and the media and everything else puts out. But it, no, everybody, everybody from all walks of life, they can homeschool their kids, you know. And I know in many cultures, especially like in the eastern part of the world, a lot of them, they have their grandparents. They live with them. You know, it's like they raised you and now you get to take care of them in the older years. And so a lot of times they'll have, you know, the grandma help out, you know, teach the kids you know, how to cook and pass down recipes. And that's something that I never really had. You know, I wish I could have had that. And I hope to be able to do that with my grandkids someday because you're going to have five kids, right, Liv? <laughs> Two. <laughs> She's like, no, I'm not having that many kids. Um, but, you know, it starts there. And so we're, we're, we're noticing this change. We're noticing the, um, in the West, you know, we have this freedom, but everybody's more focused on working. And, and that leads me to my next point. So a lot of parents are like, well, how can I homeschool my kids if I have to work full time? Like I said, pray on it. Where there's a will, there is a way. I know with COVID, you know, when the kids were homeschooling, a lot of the parents, how did you do it then? How, how did you maneuver their school schedule around your work schedule when the kids were home all day? You know, a lot of people were working remotely. And I know that there are a lot more remote jobs now. You know, COVID, and I'll say it to the day I die, COVID was a blessing in disguise. God used the evil in a good way. He opened up our eyes to a lot of different things. You know, so if you can work from home, you can teach your kids at home. I know that there's a lot of moms who say, well, I can't work from home and teach my kids. And that's not true. You know, um, my kids are a little bit older now, so they can work on a lot of the things on their own. When they have questions, they can come ask me for help. Um, but there have been so many studies that had shown that people who are working remotely, they were able to get a lot more accomplished. Um, so their work days weren't as long, even though, you know, their salary. So you're getting paid for the amount of time, but you're able to get more work done at home because you don't have all the time you have to travel. You don't have to worry about taking breaks, you know, lunch breaks and things like that. You don't, you're not distracted by other coworkers. So if, if you are considering homeschooling your kids and you're worrying about finding a job, maybe you can find a job where you can work remotely and you can teach your kids at home. You know, it, there is always going to be a way. Um, and then people are like, well, how does homeschooling work? Like, what does that mean? Our typical day will wake up, you know, we'll have breakfast. My kids love pancakes. And that's another thing. My waffles. little ones. Yeah. We had waffles today. Um, my little Bryson, he, he's my chef. He loves to cook and he watches, um, videos <laughs> on YouTube 
um, we watch ASMR videos and he learns like different recipes and he's like, mom, can we try this? Can we do that? Oh yes, definitely tacos, but I'm going for breakfast. <laughs> um, so he's learned how to make, um, pancakes and he'll ask me, mom, can I make pancakes? I'm like, yes, you can. He'll get the pancake mix and he'll mix it up. He knows how much water to put in there and he'll put it on the pan and he's eight and he's learning how to cook, you know? And he just, he's so interested in that. And so I told him, I said, Bryson, if you want to be a chef someday, I said, I think you'd be a really good chef. He helps me bake bread. And I'm thinking Olivia here, she'll be the one to help me in the kitchen. No, she wants nothing to do with any of that. But Bryson helps me out. So anyways, so our day we wake up and, you know, we'll have breakfast. And then, um, like I said, we're going to be starting this Bible study um, every morning with the kids or afternoon, whenever we start. Um, and that's how we're going to start our day. We want to start the day and that's good for me and it's good for the kids. Um, and then we do our subjects. And again, you know, there's always that misconception that homeschool has to be seven hours a day. No, no, it does not. And I will tell you because um, when you do the work, you know, there's a lesson a day that the kids will learn with Abeka. And after their lesson, sometimes it takes them two hours. Sometimes it might take them three or four. But um they get it done. And then when they're done, then they have the rest of the day to play. You know, we've got a bunch of games, word games Finn wanted to play. Um, but, you know, that too, when, when they play these games, they're still learning. And that's technically still a part of homeschooling. I think back to when I was in school and, you know, we would play games in school and you don't think of it as, as homeschooling or, or learning, but you are, you're learning different skills and you're learning how to be a team and how to take turns. You know, those are things that we just take for granted. We don't realize that they're actually learning while they're playing. Um, what else? Um, so, you know, you, I'm using a Becca. That's, that's what curriculum we're using now. Um, but there's, um, different websites that you can go to and have your kids just kind of take like a little quiz and it'll tell you like it'll suggest um what curriculum might be good for your child um and there's just so many different curriculums there's online curriculums i know people love can academy um i'm not i've never really used it a whole lot i know the kids used it when they were in public school they would use that um for lessons um but I know a lot of people swear by that. Um, we're using a Becca. We're using, um, there's actual workbooks and textbooks. And um, I bought the whole package for each grade. And so they send you reading books and they send you textbooks and um, test um, books. Um, well, that was expensive, but that's what I chose. Because the first time we, we used... Um, Oh, I forget what it's called. It was an online and they just were not really learning much by that. And two, you know, they're, they're constantly writing in the workbooks and it doesn't have to be workbooks every day. And that's another thing, you know, just because you have the book doesn't mean that they have to use the book every day. Um, are you teaching them to do the work? Yes, exactly. Not an AI program. Exactly. That's just it. You know, I, I'm, if they've got questions, you can't ask the AI, how do I do this? You know, but they can ask mom, mom, how do I do this? How do I solve this? How do I, what does this mean? How do you say this word? You know, um, so some of the pros and cons, a lot of people are like, well, why would I want to homeschool my kid? Well, there's a lot of reasons why, you know, there's a lot of benefits. Um, 
like I said earlier, strengthening the family bonds. That's so important. You grow with your children. You learn a lot about them. You, you grow um, just this understanding of who these little people are going to be. Um, and you learn and you play together. And it just creates the different ties between brothers and sisters, the siblings. You know, that's so important, too. I was really close with my brother and my sister. Um, we weren't homeschooled, but, you know, we were just very close. Um, and then the flexibility. You are able to teach at three in the afternoon. You could teach at 10 o'clock at night. You know, um, it's it's all up to you. Um, and you're teaching them about real world situations. You know, you're teaching them life skills, how to plant and and how to cook and um, you know, how to use tools, things like that. That's so important. You don't learn those things in school anymore. Um, and, you know, you're able to adjust their learning styles, their learning needs, their personality. I know, like I said earlier, Bryson, he had a hard time reading. He was so far behind. And today we sat down and he was just reading through. I'm like, who is this kid? You know, he's just grown so much in the short amount of time because we were able to spend a lot of focus on those issues. And um, we were able to, to truly work on that and build that strength. And then with that came confidence. He was so unconfident with himself. He was just like, mom, I can't do this. I'm dumb. And I'm like, no, you're not. You're just lazy and you're not wanting to do it because you're telling yourself you can't. And so we worked on it and we figured out what works for him. And, you know, his brain is just wired differently and that's okay. So I can address that. I can help fix that. Um, some of the cons, um, a lot of, you know, I'm in different homeschool groups um, and there's so many people, you know, the disadvantage um, is the loss of income. You know, like I said, I've been a stay-at-home mom, so we've been used to just working on one income, but people may have to, you know, switch jobs and you might have to take a pay decrease or you may not work at all, you know, and so I know that that's one of the big things with families is just being able to afford to stay home. Um, and yes, the older ones can help the younger ones when they're teaching. Yes, absolutely. Um, but obviously somebody has to be there uh, at least part-time to facilitate the children's learning. You know, maybe, you know, mom works days and dad works nights or, you know, whatever, but it can't, it can be difficult. And if you're a single parent, you know, Again, how do you do that? Is there a grandparent or maybe a neighbor or some, you know, um, I don't know. There, there's just so many different options and there are, you know, answers out there. Um, and one of the things <laughs> I will tell you from experience, uh, and it's funny because, you know, the homeschool moms, we all talk about it, um, is having a messy house <laughs> because you got to think about it. This is your home and your school. So things can get messy. You know, if you're doing a science experiment gone wrong, you're going to have a big mess. Um, me, I'm a book person. I love books. And I've got books stacked high on every table or nightstand. Or you should see my nightstand. My husband's like, what is wrong with you? My dad's actually coming in <laughs> in March to build a bookcase for me so I can store all my books. Um, but I, I have a love for reading. And, and I think my kids see that. And so... Um, you know, it's just something to encourage. But yeah, you're going to have a mess. It's going to be messy, but life is messy. I remember a couple of years ago during COVID, you know, everybody had their kids home and there were all these signs going around and it's like, 
oh, we're making memories. And then they cross out the word memories and put messes, you know, because <laughs> that's what you're doing. And that's how it is. Life is messy. And that's okay because that's how we learn. You know, we live in this house. We learn in this house. And it's okay, you know. Um, our projects too. Uh, we had permanent marker on my kitchen table. It's a wooden table. So how do you get that off? You know, but in the grand scheme of things, is it really, you know, I mean, is it that big of a deal? These kids are learning, you know, and that's truly what's so important is that you make learning fun. And yeah, the house was clean last week. Sorry, you missed it. Exactly. You know, but that, and that's something I know there's, I see all these homes on like social media where they're like pristine and they've got white furniture and white this and white wall. And I'm like, what? No way. Like my kids were messy. We are messy here. And I, there's no shame in that. And, um, you know, we make a mess and no, Part of that is learning to clean up. You know, if the kids make a mess, they're cutting up paper. Sophia, she's four. She loves to cut. But let me tell you, this kid can cut like an adult. Like I, most kids, when I worked at a daycare, they didn't even know how to hold scissors. This girl is just like going to town. And she at one point was cutting everything. She cut. Uh, we have a big, huge beanbag chair in Olivia's room. And Sophia found scissors and decided to cut the beanbag. <laughs> You know, and it's like, oh my goodness, you know, but she's learning. She's learning how to cut and, you know, those fine motor skills um, for four years old. It's just uh, exactly mistakes are proof that you're trying and there's nothing wrong with making mistakes. And that's another thing that we teach our kids. It's okay to mess up, you know, um, nobody is perfect and we're never going to be perfect. And I'm not the only one that was ever perfect. It was Jesus. And there was no shame in that. Um, we've got Ryan here. Where did you go, Ryan? I don't know what happened. Ryan, do you want to call back in? But yes, mistakes are all a part of learning and you, you learn from those mistakes and, you know, you learn how to do things differently next time. And there was, I just saw, um, a video the other day and it talked about, um, schools teach you that there's only one right answer. No, there's not only one right answer. You know, there are so many different answers to all these different questions. And, you know, who's to say you're right or wrong, you know, whatever works for you. And that's the thing we teach our kids is that, um, you know, it's okay. It's, it's okay. Uh, something I, Olivia did something the other day and she like almost had a panic attack. I'm like, Olivia, it's okay. Like, I didn't get mad. I didn't stress out about it. It's just learning from that, you know, and those are the kind of things you don't really learn in school. You get disciplined for doing things in school. And it's like, you got to take a different approach to that because you don't want your kids to be afraid of making mistakes. And, and truly, if we didn't make mistakes, could you imagine how boring this world would be? Everything just being right all the time, you know? So, um, I don't know. There's just so many questions that I know a lot of moms have, and I don't have all the answers. You know, I don't, again, this is our third year here. Um, and I know from my own personal experience, I, I just, I always question if I'm doing enough and God always puts it on my heart. Yes, you're doing exactly what you should be doing. You're raising these kids. They are loved, you know, and that's, I think probably the most important thing through all of this is that my kids are loved. You know, I tell them every day, I give them so many hugs and, and I just tell them constantly how much I love them. And they're loving people, you know, and they they will give you the shirt off their back because that is who they are. And 
I um I I truly I thank God every single day that he has given me this opportunity and if I can help anybody out there if you're listening to this and you've got questions or you need some um, advice or just even somebody to talk to about it I know sometimes it could be lonely being a homeschooled mom or just a you know, stay-at-home mom um, I don't have a lot of friends you know my kids are my friends Th- this is my life right now and someday you know they're not going to be here so I'm enjoying this time that I have with them. The average time each day of teaching, um, it depends on the age. You know, like uh, last, I think it was last week's show, maybe it was a week before, we talked about, you know, the different ages. Um, like Bryson, he's eight. He should be learning, I think, between one and a half to two hours every day. Caden, being that he's in seventh grade, he should probably be three to four hours every day. Um, And again, they're lessons that they're learning. So let's just say that they're doing math and they, you know, breeze through the lesson. Give them a math game to play. You know, um, it could be electronic or it could be, you know, like flashcards. We're teaching Olivia and Bryson both their times tables right now. and They're working together on that so they can play games together. Caden takes a little bit longer in the math. So while I'm, you know, trying to help him with that, the other two can be over there playing their math game together. Or it doesn't even have to be a math game, you know, but... um, just spending having that time where they're learning something new and you have to think about their little brains. They can only absorb so much. The attention span of each kid is different. Caden's got ADHD, so he can't focus like me. So, um, you know, trying to find something that works that'll keep them engaged in learning is, is really key. And that's going to take time and you, you have to give yourself credit and cut yourself some slack, give yourself some grace because you are doing it. The fact that she pulled your kids out of public school, that right there, just that's the hardest part is pulling your kids out. But once you do that, you will find a way. Does the class start the same time each day? Definitely not. Every day is different. And that's okay. You get to make your own schedule. And that's the beauty of it all. Um, thank you so much, Bonster. Yes, they absolutely are. My kids are my whole world. And again, I just I thank God every single day. Um for this opportunity. So with that, um, I will go ahead and just close us in a quick prayer. Um, Heavenly Father, uh, I just want to thank you so very much for giving me this opportunity here to, to share my knowledge of homeschooling and for giving me the opportunity to be able to, to raise my kids upright and to teach them, Lord. I ask that you continue just giving me the guidance so that I can be a better mom and a better teacher for my people and that I can Raise them up to be just children of God and and just good people, Lord. I ask that you just help all those who are struggling right now with the, the thought of homeschooling their kids. Let them find a way to be able to do what they feel in their heart they need to do, Lord. I know that through you all things are possible, and you have made this possible for me and for my family, Lord. And if you can do it for me, I know you can do it for others. So today I just ask you to please just reach their hearts, Lord. Just just let this message be enough for them to, to decide to, to do it like I'm doing and just pull their kids out of these public school systems and to, to teach them and to love them and to raise them as you intended, Lord. Um, I know many are struggling right now, Lord, just mentally and physically. And um, there's so many of our, our B-dads and, and people around us um, just with sickness and anxiety and struggles. Lord, I ask that you please help all of them, Lord. Just look after them and put your loving arms around them and just assure them that everything is and will be okay, Lord. 
Um, and I, I just, I thank you for, for this life and for the, the people that you've put into my life who have helped me on this journey, Lord. Um, I ask that you just be with all of us here today and always, Lord, in your son's holy name, Jesus Christ's name, I pray. Amen. All right. Well, thank you all so very much for being here with me tonight. I appreciate all the love and support. And again, if you're listening and you have questions and uh, you need some help or support, whatever, I'm here for you. Um, you can reach me at the Casting Lots Podcast at gmail.com. I've got a Telegram channel. It's the Casting Lots Podcast. And I also have a Facebook page. I haven't really been too active in, um, but I'm going to as you know the days go on. Um, so just feel free to reach out to me. You can find me on Telegram. I'm punky underscore puster. Um, and you know, any way that I can reach you, just send me a message, send me an email and I will try to help you as best as I can. So, um, if I can encourage anybody to do this, I say, yes, please, please, um, pull your kids from these schools and, and teach them and love them. And, and you can do it. I promise you, you can do it. If I can do it, anybody can do it. Um, and with that being said, thank you all so much. I wish you all a good night and God bless you all. We've lived in life. Ever since the formula bottle Desensitized Everything we knew about our problems And now we're all roaming the land Saying how did this big lie start It's time to put our faith in Him Cause it's gone too far Oh, I believe He died for me and for everyone Anything can be achieved When you count on God Who's gonna take the lead By putting their life on line Who's gonna show the children What is wrong and what is right Who's gonna take the lead By putting their of Christ washes every sin by the minute the sheep are blind all because their mind is a prison and now they're all roaming the land saying how did this big lie start it's time they put their faith in him cause it's gone too far oh I believe he died for me and for everyone Anything can be achieved When you count on God Who's gonna take the lead By putting the life on line Who's gonna show the children What is wrong and what is right Who's gonna take the lead By putting the life on line
why Who's gonna show the children What is wrong and what is right He's gonna take the lead Show them.